Hello and welcome back to a long-awaited edition of the Warriors All-82 podcast. I haven't done it after the last few games. I got, I got a... <laughs> long-awaited, uh, man. I've uh, had a few people riled up, but you know, I was... You know, you know, you know why? You know why it's so long-awaited, right? Because they've been winning. No, it's really long awaited because because uh, two of my compadres were on vacation and uh, yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Anyway, I'm blaming the winning. You think I'm at, like I'm, I'm I don't want to. Streets do told me you only like to pot when they lose. Well, you That's know what, what the streets are telling me. I was trying That's to pot, I, I was trying to pot after their huge win in Oklahoma City last night, and uh, the the man I enlisted to pot backed out. I don't know who that is, but it's just, <laughs> just what I heard. That was me because I, I think I thought we made the agreement that if it wasn't a good game, we would move on, and it was so terrible. Well, I mean, but, in, uh, nah, in general, that, it probably would the have been competition wasn't five. great, but the fact that Steph Curry had a 42, 11 threes, they had an NBA season high. All right, I crashed on the couch. Points. All right, all right. You want me there to say it? There you go. I, That's what I wanted, the admission. <laughs> um, we have some topics I want to get to, um, and we can start wherever you think we should start we can talk about the current state of the team which is four straight wins 28 and 28 again rising up that kind of bottom of the play in bracket to the point i believe they're half game out of eighth and have an easier schedule than memphis including they play memphis and chase center late in the season so i see a clear path where they can be on the right side of the play in where where you have two games to win one i don't see them getting up to sixth so we can talk about where it's going because it's going very positively for them on the court or we can talk about the larger current story off the court, which is their second overall pick had pretty serious meniscus surgery. And at this point, no summer league for James Wiseman. Not much of a summer. I mean, he'll still do some stuff. But, you know, now it's unknown, like, how ready he'll even be for training camp next season. So where do you want to start? Yeah, we got we kind of got to start there. Uh, this is almost... The worst case, not the worst case scenario, but it's exactly what the Warriors didn't need, right? Uh, this is what you've said, what we've talked about. He, they just need him. They just need to be able to get their hands on him this summer. Like that's a big part of it. And now you got Steve Kerr saying, "We'll holler at y'all in September. See how it's going." <laughs> like that's that's not good uh, for a guy who needs to play, for a guy that um, you're kind of banking on developing quick. That's not good. And even worse, probably, is that might, how, how much tougher does it make him to move? Like, even if you don't want to move him, if somebody were to give you an offer, you know, you move him. Now, does that take you out of the running for any possible franchise change in offer? Because, you know, Wiseman's injured. So the ramifications of this could be greater than we might even ever know. So yeah, th- this is this is big. Uh it's it's a huge blow, I think. And in the long run, if Wiseman comes around maybe March of next year, right? And he looks good, then you know, they will have survived it. That doesn't mean this wasn't a big deal, but they would have survived it. They've now they've got to get a vet. I mean, they had to anyway, but they got to get a center who could start for them. And they've got to slow play this thing. And they've kind of got to operate as if Wiseman is a a three-year project and not somebody who can contribute right away. And if he ends up contributing sooner, go ahead. But that number two pick now, 
That's that's a future pick now. Yeah, it looks for like. sure. And again, this isn't this isn't the end of the story on the pick. You know, if he becomes, uh, you know, a borderline all star, whatever. I mean, if he just becomes who they want and think he can become in the future, and and I do want to get a little bit into his rookie season after this, then it'll be fine. But yes, there's there's near term implications on this, and that's roster construction, as you mentioned this summer. Uh, you know, you you're Looney uh, who is kind of a positive undersold story of this, like is, is the way he's performing lately and, and, and holding up health wise has been very, you know, he played 31 minutes the other day. He just played both sides of a back to back, you know, pretty good minutes. Um, and he is under contract next season. It's a player option. I assume he'll pick it up. So, you know, you're a little, you, you feel a little bit sturdier because of what he's doing. Um, there will be centers to go after the summer. I know this past summer they went after Serge Ibaka, they went after Marcus Hull, they went after Aaron Baines. Marquise Chris was on the roster and theoretically could be on the roster next season. Um, you, Wiseman, at this point, we're going to assume he's on the roster next season. Um, and, you know, you, you can lean into small ball. They're showing right now, particularly with the state of Draymond Green and the state of the modern NBA, where you don't really want two non-shooters, and he kind of is a center and JTA at this point has probably played himself into the conversation for next season's roster, which we will get to. You know, I don't know how dire the situation is to like, you must get a for sure starting center on the roster for next season. I think this just increases the urgency to have some flexibility with this Kelly Oubre salary slot. And, you know, is that Oubre for Clay Thompson insurance? Because that's what we were talking about, right? That was the injury concern going into next season was Clay Thompson. Now you have two projected starters entering camp, um, coming off long rehabs. So I almost think this might make it smarter to try to get a trade exception out of Oubre. And then go into the season kind of like Boston did this season where they were going. They got the huge Gordon Hayward trade exception. They went into the season like, let's see where our weakness is. They seemed to discover that that was on the wing guard position. They needed extra scoring, extra offensive punch. And they used it at the deadline to get Evan Fournier. Maybe if you're the Warriors, you try to get a trade exception out of Oubre. And then you go into the season and go, we need to see what Clay looks like. We need to see what Wiseman looks like. We need to see what the the entire concoction of the roster is. And then go after something at the deadline. Because to me... They don't need to be a, an absolute finished product by opening that next year. They won't be, right? Clay Thompson should theoretically be much better in March than he is to start the season when he might be playing 18 minutes a game. Same with Wiseman. You need to know what he is in year two if he did show growth over the summer. And maybe if you just keep a flexible salary tool, you can just decide at the deadline like what is needed. So that's just kind of where I'm at on the near term. Yeah, but we know Steve is going to start a center, right? He's just not going small. He Vaughn Looney? As a steady dot. He he might even finish the year with that, but he's going to want a center. Like, that's just who he is, and, and that's cool. The question I have is, uh, I mean, yeah, that's a lot for uh, – you're basically saying, Jordan Poole, you're going to step up, right? Because you you don't know what you get from Clay, and to lose two starters – the reason you might feel pretty good about going into next season without Wiseman is because you're seeing some stuff right now, but uh, you'd be losing uh, Ubre and Wiseman, which I know many people are looking at on and off and, you know, net ratings and plus minus and seeing those two are kind of the epicenter of the problem, but you can't just replace them with anybody, right? So, 
the draft picks, you, you hope they can help. I, I don't know if it's the same team, right? I don't know. They'll come back with – they're going to get a center. They might even get a center now. Steve is just not going that long without a center. Uh, and then you throw in, you got a new six-man. And then you throw in, you might have a new uh, – uh, probably Clay will probably start. But even if he doesn't, you, you could have you a new also, starter. I mean, you looking also at might three or four have positions. a couple new rookies. You might have – you know, if you hit the yeah, jackpot, new rookies, you get like a yeah. Jalen Green. If you hit a middle of the lottery, maybe you have like a Davion Mitchell in your rotation or, you know – if uh, if a certain Oklahoma State player falls, you might have a cake. I think, I no, think as follow, we uh, map out these scenarios, that's one they would take right there. That's one they would enjoy. Absolutely. That team would be very new, and now you start wondering what kind of start does that have when you're bringing in all that new stuff. I mean, yeah, it might be the best option. It might not. Be, they might not have a choice, right? They might really literally have no choice, but – uh, you, you you know are you making are you sure you bringing Bazemore back right now you got to start you know talking about that stuff right like uh, is it Marquise Chris uh, for the sake of continuity or do you bring somebody else new in so you're almost looking at four or five positions that might be different in the rotation which means you're kind of back in this situation again that you started this year with I don't know you you might want to lock stuff up before you <laughs> before you get that far. You know, you might want to make sure that contract is secure if you tell them, ah, we'll see. We'll see how it looks in March, right? Like, uh, but also they could make a move or one of these rookies can be great and, and it looks better. I, I agree. It's not dire, but man, uh, it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one if you're James yeah. Wiseman because, uh, he had a, he had an up and down rookie season, but it felt like he was gaining some momentum and confidence. So he, he just can't catch a break, man. He, he can't get right from life. He just like, it's just keep, it keep, uh, falling apart for him. Uh, hopefully it helps him kind of develop some, you know, resilience as, as he develops as a yeah, player. I mean, he, look, he needed this summer. We, we've talked about it a bunch and, um, He's not going to get summer league. He's not. They. I know there was talk about getting him on the Team USA Select team, which like that's that's a good experience for a twenty year old. You go down to Team USA camp, you practice with all the the best players and around the young guys, get good scrimmages, and he needs game reps. That's what will help his defense. That will what will open his eyes on offense a little bit more to like you know passing lanes and patience. I would say in general, you know the rookie season we we. We saw he was about as raw as as could even be imagined. You know, he's he's further away than the Warriors would like to see. But at the same time, at least from my my opinion, it doesn't look like a bus pick at all. Like he looks like there is the makings of like a twenty point per game score. You know, in in, in the skill set, and you saw. Nah, he's yeah. gonna be nice. You saw yeah. the high screen game yeah. and and how that kind of was was working. And honestly, he, you know, if they keep him around, he's really gonna continue to test uh, Steve Kerr's uh, adaptability as a coach because Andrew and Draymond Green's um, limited offensive game will kind of shine a brighter spotlight on him because at times they don't fit together necessarily as a front court because Wiseman needs to run a high screen game with, with Curry to be most effective, but Draymond Green can't really sit in the dunker spot or space the floor. Clay Thompson will help that equation. But in general, my point is like, 
I know that right now it looks like they should have taken Lamelo Ball, and probably you know odds are will always look like that would have been a better pick, and they could have injected him, played small. Lamelo's more ready, has more feel. But at the same time, I don't think you necessarily come out of this Wiseman rookie season that's now over going, man, they missed. I just think that man, if they wanted somebody that was going to help right away, they didn't necessarily get that. But I definitely think they're. If developed properly, like there is a long-term, very productive, particularly offensive player. We can get to his defense, but his offense, I thought, showed real promise in flashes this season. Yeah, and and they've already shown they're willing to wait, right? Oh, what's up, Alex Miles East, right? (laughs) They'll wait a couple years for a guy, and if they can wait for Smiley to become a role player, they could definitely wait for uh, Wiseman to develop into a star. the timeline has always been something they needed to thread kind of perfectly, and now that's just kind of been thrown out of whack. But who knows? I'm not ruling out this dude could come back in between September and the All-Star break, kind of get enough done to be a productive player for the stretch run of next season. I'm not, I'm not ruling it out. But, man, he just needed a yeah, summer this is a setback. And, and training well, camp, and summer league, and all whatever, that. And yeah. That's going to be... Whatever he's going to be, this now sets him back from that. Now, I don't think that this is like yeah. a death knell. You know what I mean? Like, For example, you know, I put it in the story I wrote tonight, but I was co- covering the Thunder back in 2013. Westbrook uh, gets... he you know Beverly undercuts him, tears the meniscus. That happened at almost the exact same time of the calendar. I believe that happened April 24th. Westbrook gets the knee surgery uh, early May, and he's back for camp. And then, so which would, you know, th- that's about the timeline where they're hoping Wiseman will be back for camp. But then Westbrook had a loose stitch in his knee from the repair because the Thunder went the safe route. Westbrook was young, explosive. You didn't want to take any of the meniscus out. Um, he goes the repair route. He comes back loose stitch, makes his knee swell. So they scope him in training camp. He misses the start of the season, comes back, looks really good. But then right around Christmas, I remember he had a Christmas triple-double. The next day they go, knee's still swelling in, third knee surgery scope. And at the time it was like, wow, nightmare situation. They had traded Harden at the time. Your young explosive point guard is having his third knee surgery in 10 months and it all started with a meniscus tear similar to the one Wiseman has had and it seemed disastrous at the time but the reality was eventually the knee you know kind of healed up enough and the meniscus was fully repaired and Westbrook went on to have an unbelievable career Um, and the explosion never left and and what looked like a dire situation for a young player's career at the time wasn't um, now I'm not, you know, Westbrook is a lot more advanced than Wiseman. Is. Yeah, I mean, basically, you just said Wiseman is just like <laughs> different Westbrook positions. Be I mean, you look, Jaron Jackson's yeah. another, you know, it's a more modern example right now. Jaron Jackson tears the meniscus in the bubble. The expectation was he was going to miss uh, only part of this season. He still, to this point, hasn't played. Now still hasn't he's played, supposed to come yeah. back very soon. They're being very careful and, and and a little secretive in Memphis, so we don't know. You know these. Injuries are tricky, and it is never a good thing for your young player to go through this. Um, but, you know, we'll see what comes of it. This, this isn't complete disaster, but it's just not. This is, it was a, the first chapter of his career was very turbulent. That's, that's all we can say at this point. And if they end up somehow with two, you know, first round picks, two lottery picks even. And you put that with Wiseman, you put it with Poole, right? Now you, you know, you you, you look at all right down the line. I don't know that how that helps you with winning a championship. <laughs> 
three, you know, you got three old heads who still got it with a bunch of youngsters. But, you know, this is part of what they wanted was to be able to know what the plan would be post the current era. And they they could they could walk into next season with it. Right. They could walk into next season with a, a, a dope young wing, uh, a center who they know you know, can be really good and maybe another dope young wing or another guard. And and then you got Jordan Poole, right? And Wiseman, like that's that's not bad. If nothing else, you got some young talent to start trying to uh go get something with. So it's definitely not all lost. Uh you I, you feel more bad for Wiseman than anything, but at least they know at least they know and, and the big difficulty of this season has been towing the line between development and winning. And now they know, like, just go. When Clay's come back, when Clay comes back next year, it won't be a development year. Whoever, whatever youngster is on the squad, he need to be able to contribute, right? But they're, it's going to be go for it. They can't do three three years of this. That Like, they just can't do that. So next year is for sure go. And now that you know that Wiseman might have to play it slow and be cautious, that's fine. You just got to be prepared to go and... It's, it might hurt them on the market. It might hurt roster construction, but at least they know that. And now it's not this balancing act. Uh, and if he if he somehow comes around and he's all right, you throw him in there when you can throw him in there. And that's how it's got to be. But you can't do another year of this with Steph and Draymond. You just yeah, can't do it. It really it, it further complicates next season. And next season, as we both know, is going to be like so high pressure. You know, fans back in arenas. You know, the Curry window feels like him title window feels like it might be shut. We don't know what his, you know, maybe he extends this summer, which would ease a lot of pressure. But what if he doesn't extend this summer and you're going into next season and he's on the last year of a deal? Clay Thompson trying to revive his career, which he thought was at, you know, its absolute peak the moment he injures the knee. Now he's just trying to get back to anything close to his former self. Draymond Green is trying to hold on um, and prove he's still kind of worth the money. I mean, the Andrew Wiggins situation, who knows with the Oubre contract, Steve Kerr will be facing a bunch of pressure to kind of meld these eras together. Um, the front office will, you know, depending on what they do this summer, um, will, will very much be under the microscope as Joe Lacob reopens his, his sparkling arena. So next season is going to be great. We'll, and and like we're both talking about more complicated because of this Wiseman situation. But let's come back to the moment quickly because this really does simplify the present. Yeah, oh, man, they're a small it? ball, high energy team. <laughs> Looney's starting at center. They're going for wins, you know, because at this point, you know, with developmental minutes are Jordan Poole, right? At this point, that's about it. But, you know, he helps. So he's not even developmental minutes. He's literally like one of their two or three best bench players right now. So um, they're just going for it. And, and they have a soft schedule and, and, Curry's playing out of his mind right now. If you just look at this might be one it is probably the most expo- explosive offensive stretch of his career. JTA tonight we can get into um but they're fun and that, you know I think uh JTA said at post game like I know none of these teams are looking down on the bracket saying I want Golden State in round 1. Yeah, he right, he's right about that and you know uh part of What's making them like this win now mode means you play JTA, right? And we're seeing that, man, these kind of versatile, high energy, defensively capable passing, like passing changes everything, right? <laughs> Playing defense and passing, it just, it, it fits what they want to do. Uh, and he can pass and he can bring the ball up. Man, it just really jumps off the page. Uh, 
watching him do all of that little stuff. And then you throw in, even though, you know, uh, Kawakami was saying he doesn't shoot. I was trying to tell him, I was trying to tell him, hey, man, this dude's a shooter. Aaron Miles has turned into a shooter. He a lot of credit to tonight, too. He mentioned Ron Adams, Aaron Miles, Chris Weems. He he was, like, going down the list. Yeah, Chris Weems, yeah. I asked Ron Adams about it. He was like, don't do that. This is a... this is Aaron Miles. This is Chris Weems, but yeah, uh, Juan, Juan wasn't wasn't having that. But three for four from three tonight. He's like, like yeah, you throw in that shoot. I think he's like twenty five. Juan is ready. Seven from three, something like that. I mean, I'll have to check the uh, exact numbers, but I mean, yeah, he's shooting it well. And if you go back to the last season, I think he was in the thirty five percent range. Like he's been a pretty good NBA shooter, even if the G League numbers look bad. And you know. If if he's capable from out there, yeah, he's 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 a very helpful player for them, and it's going to get interesting when they they're going to try to get him under contract at some point in the next month or you know before the playoffs. And that contract, I mean, as team friendly as it gets, would be the uh, multi year. You know, you get him under a three or four year contract where every year after this one's non guaranteed, so you just basically have minimum yeah. control over him until you don't want it anymore. Um, but he's going to have some negotiating leverage probably, you know, because he could go to free agency. I don't know how other teams in the market would view him. He's Man, get that dude a couple million and lock him up. They they can't do that. That's their their find. Well, I think a lot of it will depend on, like, the the guarantees awaiting him in the next couple years. Like, that's probably the leverage point he would have. Um, But that that will be a mini behind-the-scenes, I guess, saga in in the next few weeks. But overall, they're just playing a way that that fits Draymond, fits Steph. Although Steph pretty much fits anything at this point, the way he's playing. But they're just they'll be tricky to face, just like the Rockets were tricky to face when they went PJ Tucker uh, at center last season, and the, and the Rockets got to the second round with it. I, again, I'm not saying the Warriors are going to get to the second round, but at this point, if they can get to that eight, if they can get by Memphis, and then they're basically sitting there with what I would probably guess would be like a 7-8 play-in against Portland. You win that, you're in at 7, and you got like Phoenix. Or you lose that and you go down and face like a 9-10 situation. If you win that, you're at 8 and you're playing Utah. Like, you are certainly not favored in either of those rounds. But, you're, like, we're watching game one and game two pretty intently. Like, can they steal one on the road? Can they make no this the right. favorite, you know, worry about the championship DNA that they're going up against? And that's the drama that's left of the season. And that's also, they're going back to, to a, a, a semi-filled up chase center. Like, this is going to be a fun final month for them. Oh, yeah. This is what they uh, geared up for. Uh, I feel like they need to lock up Juan now, three-year deal. You know, whatever, seven, eight, nine million. Lock up Juan. Quit playing these games. Uh, so you 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 followed the Steph trend. I'm, I'm I, I want I want to compare this one to another trend. I think might be better or a little stretch of games. Like what is it? Eight, nine, not nine how many games at thirty plus. plus. Nine By the way, thirty not, plus. I'm not uh, trying to uh, you know rain on Steph parade here. I I was looking tonight like what's the most recent longest stretch of thirty plus point games? James Harden had one of thirty two straight games uh, when he was on the Rockets, which is crazy. Anyways, go ahead. Steph's been unbelievable. Uh-huh. There was a stretch in twenty sixteen. I I'll never forget this stretch. It started in DC when uh he lifted him up for fifty one, then went to the White House. Uh, and then they beat Oklahoma City before the Super Bowl in Oakland. Uh, 
and then they beat Houston's. But he, it's not a straight. Uh, I think it's eleven games, and there's like, I think there's three twenty somethings in there. But there's two fifties, you know, two forties, a few thirties. I mean, he was just killing. And in that stretch was the twenty sixteen game in Oklahoma City where he hits the 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 three, and you know he had fifty one after Oscar Robertson was uh. You know, talking about he's easy to guard. Like to me, that stretch—it's not the thirty in a row, but I—I I, I think if we add up the points, it might even be more. But just the impact and the wow factor of those games, like he was incredible. But to think that five years later he's still doing stuff like this, right? It's kind of wild. Like he was twenty, what twenty-eight back then, and now he's thirty-three years old, and he's doing something comparable to what he did. And 2016 in his unanimous MVP year. Here it is. 51 against Washington. 26 and 10 against Oklahoma City. 35 and 9 against Houston. Uh, 26, 9, uh, and 9 against Phoenix. 31 against Portland. 23 against the, the Clippers. 36 against Atlanta. 42 against Miami. 51 against Orlando. 46 against OKC. 33 again against OKC. I mean, they beat Oklahoma City with Kevin Durant, Serge Ibaka, Russell Westbrook three times in this 11-game stretch. Like, that was a pretty impressive run, and he was putting up some ridiculous numbers. So, I think I might go with that stretch. What what, what do you say? Or does the 33-year-old part make this stretch... More no, I would have probably. I think the 2016 one was more impressive because the offense was harder then. Although you know, it's funny. Like offense has been kind of hard for the Warriors this season, but you know, point totals are just so inflated. Efficiency numbers are inflated this season, and we're talking about empty arenas. Like, okay, you know, he just he scored 42 in Oklahoma City yesterday. Well, guess what? I will. I watched that game on TV with an empty arena against a G League Thunder team, and I'm in my mind comparing that to sitting courtside when he's scoring like 45 on that just ferocious star filled thunder team in that arena. And like, that's the difference to me, right? Just you could feel what that, that arena, that arena, that arena was insane. And just, you know what I mean? That's what crowd like to me, like, you know, last night was just, it was practice out there. And a lot of that's because of the Thunder's roster construction. But, you know, the the one thing I've identified and I wrote about it, and we can kind of end after this, is, um, you know, scoring titles out there. The MVP's not there for him. They're, they're just too low in the standings. He's not going to be voted into MVP. But he can win a scoring title, and that's cool. Like, that's a good, you know, it would be a second scoring title only. The 2016 season was the only time he won it. Um, Bradley Beal is... is at 31 a game and has not been that productive the last month or so. I think he's only averaging about 26 a game. Like Steph is, is, is flying almost by him right now, which would be, I don't know. Do you think like I asked him if he cared about it, he kind of brushed it off, but it's something. Yeah, he cares about it. (laughs) I would say he does. Uh, I'm not sure. Like, it's something he'd brag about, but you know, being able to say he won a scoring title at 33, especially over guys like Luca, Damian Lillard, Giannis, Bradley Beal, right? He's going against young. Uh, Damian Lillard's not that young anymore. He's not that far behind him, but he's going against dudes that are either in their prime or like young and hungry. And here he is, 33, competing with him. I think it's a. I think he'd take that as a pretty good sign. 
uh, of, you know, he, he's on this. I'm not near the end. Stop trying to say this is the end or whatever. Like, you know, I got plenty of years left. That would be the ultimate validation, right, for him to say I'm 33 years old and I want a scoring title. So I, I do think it I do think it matters. Uh, I think he'd probably prefer the MVP, but I think he's already accomplished it. I think the fact that everybody can shut up now about if he's good yeah, or not. He's, he's accomplished that, no that's, question. I think more than the scoring yeah, I think title, that's the main part. noise in round one. You know, it was what I was kind of laying out earlier. Like, just make, just get in number, get into the play-in, check mark one, win the play-in, so you're either the seven or eight seed, check mark two, and then scare Phoenix or Utah. Just scare them. You know, you know, if you beat them, yeah, of course, that's that's more than check checking up. Just for the sake of conversation, because yeah. you covered a guy who won MVP from lower end of standings. I'm not saying they're going to get the six seed. They're not going to get it, right? But if they got the six seed, is that enough? You know, um, it would depend on what's going on around them. Um, You know, Jokic is probably kind of like the the slight favorite right now and and the sad Murray injury. Maybe they tumble down the standings a little bit. You know, if they're right next to Denver in the standings, he has to be part of the conversation. Um, Embiid is trying to... Uh, will his way back into it. Philadelphia, I believe, just took over the the East top seed, and Embiid had I think thirty nine against the Nets to do it. Um, he's missed a chunk of games, but he certainly has a statistical profile. So I think, if, yeah, if they raced up the standings and got to six, like he'd have a lot of momentum at his back, and he'd probably yeah. have some moments, well, yeah. right? Yep. Some big yep. moments, there. and so so yes, I mean he 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 could reinsert himself. But man, they're gonna need to win like thirteen of their final seventeen. Like, yeah, I was about to say they gotta win ten out of their next eleven just to get the yeah. conversation right. Just to get while the also going. like they having have Denver stumble a little bit. Fill it, you know, maybe Embiid misses another three games. Or, you know, but you know, is it impossible? No, it's not impossible. But I, I'm not predicting it. I'd just say that. Yeah, it's it's very clear. Like he's at. A peak level right like he's taking a step up which is you know relatively insane considering all the circumstances the lack of space and the defenses he's faced like i mean it's you know you know i guess a part of the mvp debate is like are we talking about best player are we talking best season are we talking best player on the best team uh and you just can't remove the team element from it. But, man, if you were just talking about best season or even best player, like, I don't know how you – like, you got to mention him, right? Uh, he He's in that conversation with with Jokic, with uh, – I mean, who else – just best player in the league having the best season – Who's in the Who's in the category with him? Because I remember you saying that, like, if he outplays Luca, they 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 should probably be a six seed, and he's outplayed Luca. And... Luca's had a really good, you know, Luca really has dragged Dallas back up to seven. And yeah, did you see he that has. game winner. You talk about moments. That yeah, game. that that the, hey that that Luca's wild, yo. <laughs> Luca does crazy. That's not even a real shot. Oh, it is. <laughs> He's so he he just lives for those things, man. That was, I, I watched that thing live and was like, no way he got that off, no way his foot was behind the line. And how did both happen? 
Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he's he's actually done a pretty yeoman's job with man. Keeping he's not getting that, too much uh, help from Dallas team afloat, <laughs> you know. Yeah, poor. Yeah, that three games up. So yeah, I mean, Luca, Luca's playing great. I, it's just there's not that many guys having a better season than Steph. Uh, it's just you know they're twenty eight, twenty eight. He's 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 the captain of a five hundred ship, and that just doesn't get you MVP. But who would have thought that? This is what you'd be saying about Steph. Like he's in the conversation for the best player in the league right now. Which is all right. We will wrap it there. Warriors play again Saturday night. ABC Boston Celtics. Uh, They play MB. You giving them a shot over these last three? What? You giving them a shot over Uh, these last three? They got some revenge against Boston. Beatable. Um, Philly, I think they'll lose. Five, bosses won but, five in a yeah, row. Yeah, but I mean, they're not yeah, having. They're they're, they're running. It'll, they're it should be a good a game. Bit. You know, well, the Warriors won four in a row. So, by the way, it's a season high. Um, right, but the yeah. and then the Wizards. Yeah, I mean, like the Wizards are playing better as well. Westbrook's actually ha- uh, had a good stretch, um, but they're beatable as well. So I think you win. You you should win at least one of three to make it a three and two road trip. And then the goal, I think, should be to go, you know, two and one, and the one would probably be Philly, but we'll see. We will talk to you. I'm going to talk to you after Saturday night games. I told you four and one. Warriors plus minus. I oh, said four you, and you one. You have not clinched that yet. Let me tell you that. No, I have not. But I'm, I'm just saying I'm on the record. So they got to get the Boston game, lose to Philly, and then beat Washington. That's my four and one. All play. right. We will talk to you Saturday night.